All right, welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast. And uh, unlike a few weeks back when I said we're probably going to do it every other week here for a while, it's becoming every week occurrence again, and that's just fine because sports are being played, and that's what we like to talk about. Nathan Stacken here, my good friend and co-host Travis Krenz joins me here. Travis, good evening. How are you? Good evening. It's very hot. It's very warm. It's some of the warmest weather we've had, and hopefully... It's the last warm weather we have. September is, what, about a week away? Yep. And uh, we're looking at maybe some 70, low 70s next week, at least down here. Oh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Oh, yes. We, we want some cooler weather. That's what we're looking for. The acorns are dropping on the oak tr- off the oak trees at the lake, and that means okay. it's, and they're early. I've gone up on the roof a couple of couple straight weeks now and had to clean them off, which means it indicates it's an early winter coming. We'll see if that happens. We have two hurricanes, well, we had a tropical storm, now it's just a tropical depression, Marco, uh, causing some havoc along the Gulf Coast a little bit, but the big storm, the big hurricane, Laura. It's coming. Uh, so the Gulf will await that. Uh, not like they've had anything else to worry about, you know, like COVID cases in Alabama oh. skyrocketing. I do have something. I do have a bone to pick with your state, though. Uh, South yeah, Dakota. I have a bone to pick with my state as well. <laughs> um, at least 27 COVID cases are being linked to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Uh, in Minnesota. Well, the, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota. At least 27 co- positive COVID cases are being linked to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. So, uh, shame on okay. shame on Governor Noem and, and the state for allowing that to happen. We've basically doubled our infections over the past, I don't know, couple months. We are at our peak right now. Oh, you are. We are, we are at our peak. Originally, when this thing started, for whatever reason, I don't know what they based this on, but they decided the peak was going to be June, late June into July. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that was based on, um, but we're at our peak right now. School opened last week. Uh, we had high school football last week. We have all the high school football teams playing uh, this Friday. Uh, what are we up to? Fifteen hundred active cases when we were maybe around high sevens, low eights a month or so ago. It wasn't too long ago. We were well under a thousand, but uh, now we are well over a thousand. We are at uh, 1,550. It's skyrocketed here. No surprise. Uh, we set a record a couple days ago last week. We did set a record like 250 some cases in one day which is our all-time high. So, still not bad compared to other places, but now 161 people have died. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of cases, a lot of cases here in South Dakota, and uh, really nothing that's being done because nobody cares. So, whatever. I, uh, I'm going to talk with Charlie later here in the podcast and ask him about Iowa and what he, you know, because I've seen Iowa have a string of, you know, recent string of uptick in cases and stuff, and you know they have school sports starting up here now. What do, you, what do, you, what is your take on South Dakota high school sports? You know, starting up. What's the level of concern amongst either coaches, athletic directors, anyone that you've spoken with about sports being able to be played this fall and being able to finish? I think they're going to go ahead and finish. 
Um, we've had a few cases already. Sioux Falls, Washington had a football player. A couple of them have it. Uh, they've not played yet. Sounds like their game on, I believe, Saturday is ago. Um, there was a game canceled already. Two games actually canceled last Friday. One was early in the week. One was the day of the game. I believe that was COVID related to have occurred, but I assume it was. I don't know what else it could be. So we've had two football games impacted already before the season even started. Uh, I know here in Mitchell, we had a handful of volleyball players have it about a month ago, but they're better now. So it's, it's not a matter of if we're going to get it, because I think we are, just a matter of if we get it, how do we handle it? Is it one person? Is it 10 people on a team? Uh, Huron apparently had a case on Friday and they're back at practice on Monday. So uh, it appeared to be a fairly quick turnaround and they were given the okay to do so. So I think we're going to have a season, high school football, volleyball. I think it's going to go to completion. And uh, the Activities Association Monday made a few changes. Um, They lowered the minimum number of contests you have to have uh, to compete for... uh, for playoff state title while that happens to beat in a certain amount of games and they lowered that uh, to prepare for games that will not be played or will not be made up so they're ready for that and uh, I think there, yeah, there's going to be a season and uh, I think it's going to go to completion alright well we'll see yeah if that happens or not but Minnesota has moved football to the spring I yeah, we've talked about spring football and how I guess unrealistic it seems like or dumb it dumb it is to to have it at that point and here's my idea that it will never happen it, it absolutely will not but I feel bad for the high school seniors especially who are maybe just going to be able to start playing football this year like being a starter and they won't get that chance now and you never know if they would have a breakout season and all of a sudden they get a scholarship and they can turn that into a you know a college football career and maybe that leads to bigger things you you never know my i wish that uh you know you'd be able to give these <laughs> would be seniors this year an extra year uh to to play football or play whatever respective sport that they want to to see if they can turn that into a college scholarship but that'll never happen because what what high schooler is going to say yeah give, give you know i love all four years of high school give me a fifth year no one's ever going to want to do that but in an ideal or a perfect world that's what i would like to see i you know you know because you never know whose lives are being destroyed by this uh, just by not getting that opportunity like college, you can do that. I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. what college is doing. Yeah. You can have an high school is unrealistic. But it's, it's, it's just not really possible with high school. I exactly. play in the spring. Um, that's the solution. Um, but hey, you're, you're just really, you can do that in college. You just can't do that in high school. Exactly. Yep, there's there's not a good way around it. It's just, it would be something that wouldn't, you know, if, if high school seniors wanted to, if they were playing sports and like, you know what, give me a shot here. Uh yeah, maybe there'd be something, but uh, un- very unrealistic, and t- it's yeah, it's just unrealistic. Uh, let's see here now. Uh, you know, you got the NBA playoffs going on here. Uh, Luka Doncic is freaking amazing, and I mean, 
what else can you say about him? Dallas is going to be a very good team in the West for a lot of years to come. Uh, Luka is the youngest player ever to hit a buzzer beater in the playoffs. He's 21 years old. And how he was the third pick in the Atlanta Hawks. God bless him. Uh, trading away the third pick for the fifth pick and getting Trey Young. And Trey Young's a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but... I mean, Luca is so superior to him. Uh, it's just a, remarkable that uh, that he would go third. It kind of reminds me of the LeBron draft when well, you had Darko Milicic go two to the Pistons, and you pass up on guys like Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade. It's not that bad. No, it's it's not. But I mean, it, it, there was talk even before the draft how great this guy was coming out of Slovenia. And like you could say, why the Suns take DeAndre Ayton instead of Luca? Like at the time, it was like, all right, DeAndre Ayton going number one. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, two, three, and I think it's easy in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, I think Luka Doncic is going to be like a top five all-time player. Yes, yes. Jordan, sir. LeBron, Luca, and maybe he could even pass LeBron. He was twenty, twenty-one year old, years old, and he averaged twenty-nine points, almost nine assists, and nine rebounds. Twenty nine, nine and nine, almost this year. I mean that, and that's probably as worse as he's going to be for the next ten years. Yeah, think about that. I mean he's going to be a triple double machine. Twenty years old. A triple double machine. Right. Um. So he's fantastic. That series is. I mean, the East three of the series are already done. Um. You know they were sweeps, so that proves how bad the East is. The Bucks will finish up business. Or finish up shop here. Uh, the Lakers, they're going to win their series. Sorry, Krenz, you aren't going to win that bet. Damian Lillard's out for game five. So, yeah, uh, probably, uh, probably won't be next year, maybe a couple years from now. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think we talked about last week about what it could make. Will be more upsets, less upsets? But I think uh, less upsets this year is what it has happened without the home court. The better team has just won and swept them. Well, it, so one, case one of, of the, my things I hate, I hate this in sports as much as anything is the home team wins the first two games by 20 points and then they go on the road and then they lose the next two games by 20 points. Yep. Just because it's played in a different building in a different state on the road. But that's where, the, I mean, that's where you, that's where I always say, you know, fans make a difference at these games. They just do. I just hate it that Really, there's a 40-point difference between mm-hmm. games one and two, and then games that's like, play the same team, and then we, it, it's been a pair in here when you play the same team in the same building over and over again, the better team just wins those games. So that that is at least good to see. Don't have to waste our time with these series going back and forth, and just like the NHL, it's going back and forth every other day. There's no three days off between games, so we're getting through these playoffs as quick as we ever have, and that's yep. great. Yes, and that is great. Um, you know, I've always said, you know, you give a maybe an extra two-day window for, for travel, but there's no reason why games shouldn't be every other day. There really isn't. Um, so that's great. Uh, the Nuggets-Jazz series has been very entertaining. Uh, game four with Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jamal Murray going back and forth. Uh, I think the Jazz are going to win the series, but the Nuggets staved off elimination winning game five. So congrats to them. But uh, the, the, this is a very evenly matched series and definitely the most entertaining series outside of Clippers Mavericks. Yeah, well, I mean, Oklahoma City, uh, Houston. Oh, yes. Yep. I mean, that's been good, too. So, 
Yes. What do you get? The four seed, five seed. Yeah, uh, the five. Yep. So they got yeah, and they're in the series here. So yeah, I mean Lakers. Lakers look good. All of a sudden, they all of a sudden woke up. So where you're looking at Lakers, Clippers have not looked all that great. I think it's pretty much the Lakers to lose. And uh, you have Boston against my Raptors. I I will say oh, oh. I will say this. I think the Eastern Conference has the better series going forward. Yes, um, Boston, Toronto should be very good. I hope uh, Toronto's a slight favorite. I hope Boston wins. I think Boston will win. And again, last week I said, like, Boston or Milwaukee. Like, Milwaukee's looking real good right now, so, yeah. I mean, it's the favorites. It's Milwaukee. It's the Lakers right now. But, I mean, you have Miami against Milwaukee. That should be a very entertaining series. Um, we'll see if... Giannis can lead the Bucks past the Heat again, but the Heat looked good. But then again, it was the Pacers. I mean, I'm not going to put too much stock into that. Uh, Raptors-Celtics, that's the series to definitely watch. And we'll see what happens in the West going forward. Uh, congratulations to the Minnesota Timberwolves on moving up in the draft for the first time in their franchise history. They moved up in the lottery. They got the number one overall pick. And Krenz, damn it. Uh, this is the year where you don't have a bona fide number one overall pick. It's not like last year where you got Zion or the Grizzlies had to settle, quote unquote, for John Morant. I mean, this is there's a there's no surefire number one pick, and if they take Lamelo Ball, I'm done. I'm out. See you later. Out the door. Um, not that I'm in a huge NBA fan to begin with, but if I had to cheer for a team, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves, just because I'm from Minnesota and I hate myself. Uh, so. Uh, if they take Lamelo, I'm out. See ya. Probably Anthony Edwards or Lamelo Ball will be one or two. James Wiseman is going to be good too. Like I'm, if I'm Golden State and I'm picking two, there's been speculation of trading the pick, maybe depending on probably not so much what you can get for it, but maybe what you can like if you can get rid of Andrew Wiggins, that'd be great. Um, but I would just, I would just take. Lamelo Ball, if I'm the Warriors, and roll with that. You don't need anything if you're Golden State. If if you don't need anything. If you were the Timberwolves and you got and would you even consider trading the number one overall pick for Devin Booker of the Suns? I would, yeah. Him or Bradley Beal would be the two guys I would look at. Okay. I guess neither play defense, so it's not really that big of a deal. (laughs) <laughs> Anthony Anthony Edwards, I don't know. He's the best. Be I, I, I couldn't tell you. Shattenkirk really likes Lamelo Ball. He's the best of all the balls they say. So if he's good, I, I'm might be a pick. I don't know between those two. I that's fine. Yeah. I I just don't want his baggage of a father coming, and that's and you're going to. So I guess the one thing would be that Minnesota then would be constantly talked about on uh, Undisputed and PTI and, you know, you know all these you know, the, you know, first taken stuff because LeVar would open up his mouth and he'd be like, oh my God, we're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, that I guess that would be the one good thing. But um, When was the last time we heard of Pop Ball? I feel like it's been a few years. Well, it, we haven't heard much from him since his kid got shipped off. 
to New Orleans. He's not really all that good anyway. And this apparently this Romello is supposed to be the best of the bunch. Like we haven't heard from the big baller himself for for quite a while. Well, that's because the big baller brand is anyway. yeah, the big baller brand is pretty much dead. I mean, it, it it's and bad. I don't think I think his time is over. I hope so. Whatever time he had. I think it's over. I will. So. I will only be okay with Lamelo Ball if if Dad shuts the hell up. If Dad says a word, I'm done. My Hornets are picking third. My Bulls are picking fourth. There's really nothing that I really like in the straps at all. You could get Obi really? Toppin. Obi Toppin from Dayton, who the Dayton like Flyers, him? who would have won the NCAA tournament this year. Sure, I don't really like anybody in this draft at all. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible year to have the number one overall know, pick. Really? It's a terrible year for the Timberwolves to actually win the number one overall pick. It really is. Sure. Go ahead and get the number one pick. I, I don't know, I'm sure there's a couple all-stars here. I don't know who they would be. I did see somebody tweet out, like, if the NBA lottery is fixed, they sure do a piss-poor job to fix it. They give it to the Timberwolves this year. They gave it to New Orleans last year. They put Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Then they give it to the Suns, they give it to the Sixers so they can take uh, all-star Markel Fultz. They give it again to the Timberwolves, they give it to the Cavaliers twice, they how? take Anthony Bennett. Yeah, how they give about- it to the Hornets again, they give it to Cleveland for the... They, they do a real shitty job of fixing this lottery because they pick uh, shitty places for these players hey, to go. At least so. they didn't give them to the Knicks. The Knicks are picking eighth, so that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, the Knicks... The the 76ers fired head coach Brett Brown, and it's easy to see why. Um, you know they get they get swept out of the playoffs and stuff, but you know they didn't have Ben Simmons, whatever. Uh, easy to say that I think can we put the process to bed here because the process didn't work. I think it. Like it's not Brett Brown's fault. They no, got it's not. No, it, it absolutely isn't. I think he got, he got hurt. I don't think he should have got fired, but his his firing was not a surprising. The process, it, I will say it worked. They got Joel Embiid, who's very good. I mean, they went from the worst team to to a very good team, to a borderline title contender. What they lose last year in the uh, second round in was it six or seven mm-hmm. to Toronto or what happened? So they were close. Uh, Embiid is is very good and he has stayed healthy, so that has been good. Ben Simmons is a nice player. Can't shoot as we know, but he is good. I feel like you probably should have gotten more than that. Than like one or two all-stars like if you're building this championship type team like you need a little more you went for Jimmy Butler well remember they did, they did draft Markel Fultz you got Tobias Harris um they had a lot of draft picks a lot of high picks and it ultimately it, did, it didn't work out they did pretty well but probably not as well as they maybe would have wanted my one of my coworkers, her husband is a massive 76ers fan, like absolutely die hard. In fact, their dog's name is Barkley. Um, oh yes, and, oh yes. And uh, yeah, I don't think he's taking it too well. Uh, he, he gets well, this is, yeah. 
Look at who they look who they took here in these reads. They took Embiid. That's perfectly fine. If you do that draft over, you would probably take him number one, right? Uh, what? Who? When was that draft, and who was in it? That was the twenty fifteen draft. No, yeah. What the hell are we at here? Um, he was yeah. He was the third pick, and he's by far the best player. He had Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, Aaron Gordon. Um, I guess uh, Jokic for Denver is probably better, but he was the forty first pick, so it's not like he was the contention to be a top five pick. So Joel sure. Embiid and Jokic, top two players in fourteen. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. 2015, they also had the third pick. They took Jaleel Okafor from Duke, who did not work out. No, he did not. Who had uh, Tony Towns, who's been good. You've had D'Angelo Russell, who's been good. Those were the top two. A guy they could have taken, who would have made it real interesting, would have been Porzingis, who went four to the Knicks, who everybody shit on Phil Jackson for taking Porzingis, but Uh that would have been much, much better than Jaleel Okafor. So that was a big swing and a miss to take him. And Devin Booker went 13th, so borderline lottery pick, so that was no good. They took Ben Simmons, okay. They took Markel Fultz on number one. That was bad. Taking Markel Fultz on number one, I don't think this draft was any good. Lando Ball has not been good. Uh, Jason Tatum's probably been the best guy in this draft. He went three Mm -hmm. to Boston. So, um, Bam Adebayo has been good for Miami. Yep. So, yeah, that was a bad pick. Donovan Mitchell also has been good, but a bad pick there. Julio Okafor and uh, Fultz. If you replace them with Porzingis and Tatum, then you do have a championship team right there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, staying on the basketball front, uh, Coach K last week. Uh, was among the coaches, you know, kind of talking about what the what the college basketball season is going to look like. And Matt Norlander from CBS Sports had a good article um, earlier this week on some of the potential start dates. There's like four ones out there. It seems like the likeliest one is right uh, before Thanksgiving for the start of the season, which would be good. But everything is dependent on the virus and everything like that. But Coach K was talking about the need that there absolutely has to be an NCAA tournament this year because the amount of revenue that is lost when the when the fact that the tournament didn't happen last year. And he's absolutely right. Like, if there's no NCAA tournament this year, the, the college sports as we know it um, will never exist um, nearly to the, to, to the degree that it does now. And even with COVID now and, you know, football and stuff, we, we could see it, it slightly changing, at least on the football side. But Coach K says there absolutely needs to be an NCAA tournament this year, whether they do it in a bubble or or not, or push it back. Um, pushing it back does not seem to be something that Dan Gavitt, the head of college basketball, really seems to want to do. But I think you got to keep all options open at this moment. But it does seem like they are going to go with it. That the, the need for an NCAA tournament is necessary this year and coach k if coach k says it it's good enough for me not that you would need to persuade me at all but certainly when coach k says something or john calipari says something roy williams it carries extra um weight to it and i mean it he makes a a, a ton of sense yeah 
we probably shouldn't be in school, in person, college classes probably seem like a bad idea right now. Yeah, well, look, Alabama, at, look at North, North Carolina. 550, 60 cases. It's Wednesday. Less than a week, so that's going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. So get these kids ready. All right, we're going to start after Christmas. We're going to send you to Florida. We're going to send you wherever we're going to send you. We're going to do the NBA bubble. Just do you know, whatever conference. Just play your conference teams. There's a lot of conference teams you can play. Uh, play them. Play those teams. And uh, play 20 games, 25 games, and then uh, maybe take uh, a week or two off, come up with another bubble or bring teams into a certain location and have your NCAA tournament. So we've seen that that works, 100%, no cases, NBA. I don't know why college basketball wouldn't do the exact same thing. And there's no reason not to. There's nothing really standing in their way. They have online courses. You can go to class during the day, however you want to do it. So come up with a location to do exactly what the NBA did. I wonder if you could do some bubbles for various states and stuff for, like, say, a non-conference. Like, you get together for a couple weeks. So, like, the Midwest, like, let's say you, you take the Dakotas, you take um, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, um, Kansas, Missouri, if you want to. Like, just get them all in a bubble and, you like, you, you play – each team, or you play, you know, five teams out of that, six teams, you know, and that's your non-conference. Um, like New England, you could take New York. I mean, you'd have a bevy of teams to choose from, but th- there would be options to do a non-conference within a bubble if they wanted to. Um, so SDSU is supposed to play Northern Arizona at the Pentagon in Sioux Falls at the end of November. Hmm. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. What about you and I? Are, is, are, are you and I going to be at the Pentagon? Well, is you and I? Here. I know I did that on we're purpose. I did that here. one you're on purpose. Gonna, I know you did. I know you did that time. Yeah. Yep. I'm not going to be there. You're not going to be there. So I don't think you and I will be there. No. Has you, you and I? Ever, Northern has Northern no. Iowa ever been at the Pentagon before? Who? Northern Iowa. Want to say no? Okay. Maybe, but I'm going to guess no. Um, I want to give a standing ovation right now uh, and a clap of the hand to the Minnesota Twins um, for finally winning in Kansas City this year against a garbage Royals team. I mean, it took them five tries, but they finally did it. So, um, okay, five and five or six and four against Kansas City? Yeah, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they're 20 and 10. They're going to lose to uh, Kansas City. Or to Cleveland here tonight. Not that it's a huge deal on Tuesday, but um, they're they're tied with the the A's for the best record in the AL. That's good. Uh, as far as from the Twins and just baseball in general, what did you see over this last week that uh, you have any thoughts on? Halfway well, through the season, they're twenty and ten, twenty and eleven now. Uh, Dick Mountain came back today, had a much better start than he did last week, so if you can get five innings from Dick Mountain, that's what we're looking for. Kent uh, Maeda, he's been their best pitcher. Like, he would be have to be your game one pitcher in the playoffs if you're looking for a guy to be Kent Maeda. And then you would have uh, Dobnak, who continues to have a very good, I guess still considered his rookie season. Uh, so we'll see how long that lasts. Brios has to be more consistent. 
And then you've got the aforementioned Dick Mountain, who could be around. You got Michael Pineda, who's uh, going to come back here uh, maybe a week or two. So he's another option. So you have some options. It's very interesting to see how Rocco Bardelli uses the bullpen. It's almost like. It's bad to say, but it's almost like I can tell when he wants to win a game and when he doesn't. <laughs> like they didn't use any of their key relievers tonight, and they ended up losing the game. And they kind of went into the game kind of knowing that because their relievers had thrown two days in a row, or they had thrown three out of four days. Sure. And of course, and of course, we can't pitch three days in a row or four out of five. That's just too, way too taxing, Krenz. Way too way taxing. too taxing. So that ain't gonna happen. Tyler Clifford got hurt. Sounds like he'll be fine. He had a ball off the elbow the other night. But when you've got Duffy and May and Romo and Rogers as your top four, and then Clifford in there as well, any you know any game in which you use all those five guys, that's that's a good sign. And uh, usually when they don't, they the only time they use those guys is when they're ahead, and they really use them when they're down. So that's very frustrating to me uh, when they don't use their best pitchers, even if it's a one or two run game. That, Kills me. Caleb Thielbar's done well. And uh, yeah, Twins were up 2-1. to one, Bit six inning. Bullpen gave it up. And they did not use any of their top guys. Not that they were going to. So, yeah, that sucks. But their hitting's not as good. Their pitching is better. Just a matter of how do you match up against Houston, Oakland, Yankees. They're, I feel a lot better with Kent Maeda than I did anybody else last year. So that is a good sign. you got to trade deadline next week. I don't know what you want to give up for a relief pitch that's going to throw 12 innings. Uh, I can't imagine that costs you much of anything. But no. uh, yeah, the re- they always use more pitching. And the Marlins, Marlins still doing well. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top eight teams in the AL are pretty much set. Uh, there's going to be a couple of garbage teams in the National League make it. You know what I say, just take take the teams above 500. That's what they should do. They may not be above 500. I don't think they will be. I think there will be a couple teams below 500, unfortunately. I don't think there will be enough. Yeah, it will be maybe eight Yeah. in the AL and six in the NL. That's fine. So, take Only take 14 then. That's that's totally fine. Um, Shane Bieber Shane is going to win the American League Cy Young. He's been the best pitcher all year long, so. You don't, like you pretty much wrap that up. Randy Dobnik for AL Rookie of the Year. Is that uh, any, how much momentum yeah. does that have? He's in the discussion. I would probably go with Luis Roberts for the White Sox. And if he gets hurt, Robert would maybe be uh, a, uh, probably the top contender. Dobnik would at least be in the top three. Uh, you got a pitcher for Oakland, Jesus Luzardo. Are pretty good early on, so those would be your top three uh, guys. But yeah, Kent Maeda, he's being Cy Young contention and keeps us up. I'm going to get to this second team here in a moment, um, but the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, they got you know Craig Biggio's son, and uh, who's the other one? Um, Bichette. Bichette, thank you. Um, Vladimir Guerrero, who's not yes. good. Well, 
Um, I mean, but they have a lot of young talent here, and I think they they could rise here fast. How much staying power it, it, this year aside, because this year is such a weird year, but do you think Toronto can be a competitive team with the young talent that they have in the American League East here over the next several years, considering the fact that you have the Yankees who are as strong as they are and the Rays who just seem to keep trotting along and just winning games? Yeah, I mean, they've got those young guys and hopefully they develop and they've got some young pitchers too. So yeah, they're, they're definitely a team that is on the come. I think they're going to get that eight seed. So I think they're going to get that eight seed. They got a uh, right-hand pitcher, Nate Pearson, who's their top pitching prospect. He's supposed to be pretty good. So it, it's just a matter of, like, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going to be good? He's not been. He tore up the minor league, and everybody was saying, you got to call this guy up, and then they do. And had a pretty good uh, year last year, but he's been awful this year, so he's still young. That's fine. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely a team with some young guys that, uh, when you look at that division, got Tampa and Oakland, or uh, Tampa and the Yankees now. You know, Boston, they're going to not be bad forever. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a tough division. I mean, Baltimore's not even good there. They were okay for a while, but yeah, I mean, uh, Toronto, um, they've got some good young talent, so they can definitely be around and they'll, and they'll probably make the playoffs still this year. This next team, then, is the one that we are both uh, very excited about. And I want to say that I don't, I can't recall another player, and I'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment here. I just don't know. Maybe there's someone that I should be thinking of here. Like, I'm guessing, I'm thinking Mike Trout, but I don't think anyone has taken baseball by storm in terms of his, how great of a star he has become essentially overnight than Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres. I mean, this guy is absolutely sensational. Uh, and kudos to the Padres last week, by the way, for hitting a grand slam in four straight games. That's never happened before in baseball history. The fathers are doing very, very good. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is just sensational. I think Tim Kirkjian said he is one of like the top three young players. He's one of the top three young players in the game right now. But his stardom is—it's only getting to the point where I mean he. It's going to get super big, and I can't remember another base uh, player kind of taking the sport by storm, maybe since Mike Trout, uh, like Tatis Jr. is. That makes sense. Uh, Tatis at 21, it was four years ago. The, do you know what team traded him to the Padres? Oh, please, say, was, what, please say it maybe wasn't. 17 years old? Please say it wasn't the Twins. It was the White Sox. Ooh. They traded him the Padres for James Shields. Woo! <laughs> James Shields, good, good average pitcher. Um, they, they probably want that one back. You know, the White Sox are doing pretty good. They're kind of living up to the hype. And if you would have added uh, Fernando Tatis to the White Sox lineup, then they would be a serious contender to do something. But that that's one that they probably would want back. Oh, you better believe it. I mean, this... Oh. That's a big, that's a big oops. That's a big oops. He, he's just so damn good. He's very good. Yeah, he's a lot better than a lot earlier. I guess a lot better, a lot earlier than than people probably thought. Yeah, he had a good last year. I think he missed last month or two with injury, and he'd, he'd be your MVP right now in the in the National League. And yeah, we're all on the Padres, and uh, 
There's a reason because they have a lot, a lot of good young players. Tampa has just beaten Boston overtime. Gold Tampa. She what? Even the series up in a game apiece? Yep. Boo. Let's go, Boston. Come on, Boston. Yeah. So Tatis had probably MVP here, and uh, and the Padres are still waiting on some young pitchers to come up, so they are by no means, like, ready to go. They've still got a couple of years here to to get their pieces, and then they've also made a couple of what I think are horrendous moves, like signing Eric Hosmer for $100 million, who's mm-hmm. not any good. And they, they made a couple of moves like that, but, like, that's not good. So, even despite that, Manny Machado has finally had a very good year after last year being so-so. So, they've yep. got young guys coming up yet, especially their, their pitching staff. Once they figure out who these pitchers are going to be, they've got a boatload of uh, potential high-caliber starters. Well, we're all in on the fathers. Uh, we're all in on the Providence fathers as well for the Big East basketball uh, and, our, and our boy, Ed Cooley. Um, so, Your wife's favorite coach, Ed Cooley. Yep, yep. He's, he's, he's the best, or one of the best. So uh, we're on the fathers there as well. Uh, let's see here. NFL, the Vikings announced Tuesday that they will not have fans for their home games the first two weeks of the season. I, it's not a surprise, and the majority of the NFL teams right now are saying no fans for at least the first game, if not the first two. Dallas is not among them. They think they can get 50%, which I think is ludicrous. Um, Miami is going to have some fans. Um, so we'll see how many teams actually have fans in the stands. Uh, the Chiefs will. Um, but they need to, at least for that first game, because it's their Super Bowl championship. Anyway, though, um, with that being said, Vikings-Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium with no fans there, just going to be incredibly weird. And I just, it doesn't, it's just, oh, it, it sucks. It's a definite uh, momentum swing for the Packers. And I just don't like seeing, you know, as bigger, a bigger rivalry game as this with no fans in attendance. Why are they going to announce there's not going to be no players at these What's that? Why are they going to announce that players are not allowed at these games? I don't know. Wait, say that again. I'm not. I'm not understanding your question. When are they announcing the players are not at the games? And when are they basically going to cancel the season? Not yeah. only are there going to be no players or no, no, no fans at the games, they're also going to say there's not going to be any players at the games either. I don't know. They are going to go with the season longer than college football will. Uh, if you know, college football hasn't canceled yet, uh, and the NFL won't cancel until college football cancels at the very least. Um, and those that the number of false positives that happened at that New Jersey laboratory over the that's weekend, great. that's not a good look for the NFL. But, um, yeah, Mike Zimmer and Sean McDermott, uh, the head coach, McDermott's the head coach for the Buffalo Bills. Mike Zimmer, the head coach for the Vikings. They're saying, you know, competitive disadvantage by the NFL not having a uniform fan policy like Major League Baseball does, to which I say, I mean, that's. It is what it is. I think you got to go by local and state ordinance and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's I, – I don't know when they're going to cancel it. I, I, we're going to have to wait and see. I know you're on this, uh, but I'm going to withhold 
uh, any thoughts or process, you know, judgment on it. I have a fantasy draft this Friday. Um, it's in a uh, it's in a keeper league. Um, this is the the league that I did last week. It, it, it the draft night was the night we moved into our house in St. Cloud, so that was a. Uh, uh, got quick do all the shit, and my team was very bad last year. I took over for a guy who was just terrible, um, and I did better than he did um, last year. But I'm not keeping anyone. I'm not keeping Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, David Johnson, anything like that. Uh, my goal. Not, what I'm, are you keeping? I'm not. Keep? I'm not keeping anyone. I'm just going to. Why not? Because my team sucked. I'm going to just completely start over from scratch. Adam Thielen, you want to keep Thielen? Nope, I'm not keeping Thielen. No. Uh, I mean, is this uh, you can keep anybody you want? There's only price. No, no, no. Attach anybody? There, there is. It is whatever round you pick them in the the year before. It goes up on around this year. Okay, that's so, a good deal. So if you pick them in the fifth, you get you don't pick the fourth round pick. Yeah, like the, the some. So like here's what some of these guys uh, that drafted have. Let me like one guy has um, Mike Michael Thomas for an eighth round pick. Because he got him a couple years ago. Um, let me see if yep. I can get that here. What if there's a first round pick? Do you just not pick your no, first no, round? No, then like if you had a first round pick last year, then they just go back in and you they we draw for um, you know who like like where you want to pick because uh, there's four. It's a 14 team league, so there's a lot of you. You really have to do a good job. Drafting here, so let let me show you. Or like, okay, so my keepers, because you can only have the like a keeper for if you kept the player for the entire season. So Adam Thielen would cost me a first round pick. Well, I sure as hell ain't doing that. Robert yeah. Wood, Robert Woods would cost me a second. Not going to do it. Duke Johnson a third. No way. Sony Michelle would be the only one that I could maybe see doing. He's the running back for the Patriots, but they're so. Heavy running back by committee, I can't do this. But, all right, I can't do that. Here's some of the guys, though, that, um, like, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes for a fifth-round pick. Well, of course you're going to do that. That's that's easy. So where was he? So he was picked, like, in the eighth round? See, he was picked in the seventh round two years ago. Years ago? Yep. Wow. That would have been his that first. Start still. Yep. Uh, the George Kittle was picked in the ninth round last year, so yeah, it would cost for eighth. Yeah, I mean that that's pretty easy there. Um, I mean Nick Chubb for first, perhaps Derrick Henry for a second round pick. I think you're going to do that. Uh, that's uh, yeah. let's see where else. Would you keep Deshaun Watson for a fourth round pick? Oh yes, okay. He'd be a top five quarterback, wouldn't he? I would think so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I would do that, and you're not going to get him. Okay, how about uh, how about this? You could have Tyreek Hill for a first-round pick, Chris Carson for a second-round pick, or Dak Prescott for a ninth-round pick. I think you're going to keep Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah, I would do that last one. Um, yeah, the other two, no. First one, yes. Or, yeah. Yep, how about... Oh, here we go. I mean, you have uh, Michael Thomas for a sixth-round pick. That Yeah, that's... No-brainer? Yep, no-brainer there. And I think the only other one that you could maybe have a conversation on would be uh, Odell Beckham for a first-round pick or Austin Eckler for a second oh. round. I think you go Austin Eckler in the second round since he's going to be the starting back with the Chargers. Odell Beckham, first round, no. Uh, no. 
Christian Kirk for a fourth. Larry Fitzgerald as a sixth round. Drew Brees for a seventh rounder. I mean, do you even go Drew Brees? I don't think so, but... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so you, you, you can only keep one, though. So you have to make a decision based on your roster. Don't keep one player or what? You can only keep one player from the previous year. Really? Yep. So you can only keep one player in this thing? Yes. Wow, okay. Yep. So that's oh. why I'm looking at my team like, no, I can do it. My goal is to get Clyde edwards Alaire, the running back for the oh. Chiefs. Because it's a PPR league, so I gotta, I think, you know, get him if possible. I mean, if if I don't get the first overall pick and can draft Christian McCaffrey, then you do that. Yes, but otherwise, I think it's Edwards Alaire somewhere in the first round if possible. That makes sense. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with the NFL and the. It, it just it sucks that uh, the Vikings and so many teams will be playing in front of empty buildings. But how about what happened last week with Tom Brenneman of That's Fox right. Sports? I mean, we won't say the the word on this podcast, uh, but he it, it used a homophobic slur thinking he was off air. And this was, I think, this was during the, a doubleheader for the Reds because he's, he's a broadcaster for the Cincinnati Reds baseball team. Uh, for Fox Sports Ohio, he does NFL games for Fox. He's done it for a very long time. He's like the third, the number three announcing team, but he takes over with Troy Aikman when Joe Buck go, goes and does his baseball October um, stuff for a few weeks. But in this case, he says a homophobic slur. I think this was in game one of the... Uh, and. No one either said anything or they didn't know what to do and stuff. And then finally he does an apology in game two in the fifth inning. Takes his headset off and said, I don't know if I'll ever be putting this headset back on. And walks off. And I don't... There are so many ways we can you could go with this here. Because, I mean, the Brenneman family... I mean, the, the name is synonymous with the Reds. Because Marty, his dad, was a radio announcer for them for years. So, I mean... The Brennemans are like family to the team. And, you know, Fox has taken them off their broad, their football broadcasting team. But the Fox broadcast team this year is, for NFL has just got to be pure garbage because uh, Charles Davis left Kevin Burkhart. He's going to do uh, games with Ian Eagle on CBS, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, CBS has all the good announcers. I wish the Vikings played every game on CBS. Um, but I... Do you think that Tom Brenneman ever puts, like, does a, announces another game either for the Reds or does another NFL game? I talked about this last week in my, I had a blog post about it. I think yes. Just the fact that he said what he said and he said it like at work while he's announcing a baseball game. And maybe, like, he didn't mean it, and he's not homophobic and like that, but you can't use that word that he said. And for him just to use it, like, just like he did. Nonchalantly. Is that a good way to like, describe it? Yeah, it's an F word, three letters, homophobic slur. That's yeah. kind of a word that 
I mean, you don't really even feel comfortable saying that privately. It just feels bad. Mm-hmm. And for him to say it, not even private, but in the booth during a judgment in which he thought he was in commercial, but was obviously about five seconds off on his timing. Yeah. And for him to say that, it's like, dude, you gotta, yeah, you sit this one out for a couple of years. So I can see him bringing him back, but it was a story for a couple of days, and I was died down. Yeah. But that was bad. Like that was terrible. Do we even know what city he was referring to? No. Oh, Kansas City, Chicago, St. Louis, I don't know what he was talking about. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Never did say. I I hope that he does get another chance provided that he is truly remorseful both in words and actions. Like he's gonna have to he's he's gonna have to put some money in towards, you know, like you know, some programs or different organizations he's going to have to be active he's going to have to truly show that he's remorseful and not only in actions but in deeds or not only in words but in deeds and actions and i think he's going to have to get approval from the lgbtq community uh to say like yes we we can tell that you understand the damage that you've done um but yes it's okay for you to to go ahead and and announce games again, but I think it's going to take something significant like that for him to be able to put the headset back on. Yeah, you can't. You just can't do that. No, if you're him. No, no. And no, when when and he was apologizing, and that did not go well. Because the home he run got fixed. <laughs> right when he starts his apology, oh, home run! Like at that point, dude, you're already fired. Let's maybe not care about what's going on in the game. And that's irrelevant to this. You cannot call that home run. So that was also in poor taste. So his first chance to say he was sorry went very poorly. So that's not a good sign for him. It's also one of those things where, like, come on, really? Like a home run while I'm doing this? You know, <laughs> like the Reds haven't hit a home run in all game or, like, in the first game, and you choose that moment to hit a home run. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. And then, of course, um, uh, kudos to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Green Bay Packers, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, and then subsequently here now the Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears for their stances, their um, their statements uh, regarding the the terrible thing that's going on there in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where uh, a black man, Jacob Blake, uh, is paralyzed now um, after getting shot in the back seven times by a cop. Um, his mother gave a very, very um, powerful speech in front of reporters and cameras earlier Tuesday afternoon um, that I've shared on Facebook and stuff. And I, I think if now's the time for anyone to listen or change their tune on the anthem or anything, this would be it, just listening to her. Um, and maybe, you know, these... Statements. I don't know at what point there. There's there's those people out there that are just going to be stuck in their ways, and they're going to refuse to even listen to the teams, and they're going to take, they're going to push this anthem stuff for their own personal agenda, and we can't get through to those people. But maybe maybe there's a, a sliver, or a, a slice of the population out there that's now starting to realize what all these athletes and organizations have been talking about and trying to fight for. And 
you know, with what's happened now in Wisconsin and, um, you know, with the Packers and the Bucks and the Brewers and their statements and stuff and the Lions uh, not practicing on Tuesday, uh, maybe this is it's it could waken some people's uh, attention and not just what they said it's more to do with what jacob blake's mother said um but i mean this is what they're they've been talking about this is what you know colin kaepernick started back in 2016 like this is i mean it's it is what it is at this point but like you have to understand where people are coming from you might not fully agree with it you don't have to do it with them you just have to understand where they're coming from. They do, but I think we know what they don't, and they don't care. Because whenever a black guy gets shot, it seems like it happens on a weekly basis now. That's yeah. on camera. Whenever a black guy gets shot, they always bring up, well, he had this, he was arrested for this before, and he was arrested for that before. That doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like, you shouldn't get shot. Like, like, you, you shouldn't get Jesus. shot in the back seven times. With that, he was uh, he was unarmed. He was shot in the back. It doesn't matter if he was arrested for drugs two years ago or he was arrested for this six months ago. What happened at the time? There was no reason why he should have been shot at. But thankfully, he is alive. Yep. I, I saw something the other day on the news where other countries, again, something that happens elsewhere that we don't do here because we know better. Something like it takes three years to be a police officer in whatever other country this was. Like three years of training to become a police officer. Here you can become like a cop in a few months or like six months. Like it's not all that long or difficult, I don't think, to become a cop. And they hold a lot of responsibility and they have killed many, many people in this country and a lot of them have been black for really no reason. Mm-hmm. And like nothing has changed with all these protests and riots and yeah. like nothing has changed it's and again it's it's only it still continues it still continues yep and again it's only it's a few bad eggs or a few bad apples out there that can destroy all the good that so many um people are doing out there so many good police officers doing work within their communities and doing things the right way and just a, a couple of bad uh bad bad cops out there bad police officers that can destroy the the trust within the organization and within the uniform and it, it, it really does suck um, I but at the same time too I, I think that you know those who are speaking out in protests and stuff have to look at the situation and say you guys need to we, we need to build these communities so like the drugs and the guns and these violent crimes don't happen don't put yourselves into these situations where the cops have to be called. But then again, I see it. Then I read a an article uh, that a Santa Clara uh, professor. She's thirty six years old, black, and she gets uh, she had her brother or something visiting, and the a cop came. A cop followed the brother home or like to her house, and then made her show her ID to the police officer and verify that she lived in the house. Like that, that just for no reason. For no, absolutely no reason. Exactly, and so that's the again, that's the thing that's been going on. And until you know, you could say, "Oh, you got to stand for the national anthem and that flag." Well, until that flag is truly, until everyone is treated under that flag 
uh, equally with the amount of dignity and respect that we all deserve within this country, then I like I just don't see how you can how you can be offended when someone takes a knee, which is a completely okay form of respect. You do it at uh, grave sites. Soldiers do it at grave sites. You do it at church. You, uh, you do it when you get knighted. Like Nick Faldo, the golfer, he got knighted. I bet you he kneeled in front of the queen. Like you do you do kneel in other countries. It is a form of respect. You just don't have to stand. It's just until everyone can understand that everyone, until other people understand that everyone is not being treated equal under the flag that you hold so near and dear, we're going to have this problem. And until people figure that out and understand uh, where other people are coming from, we're going to keep having this issue. Yes. I went to a Canaries game Saturday, the first time I've been to a Canaries game probably like six years. And free tickets and a buddy of mine that I went with, like he's a Republican, we don't talk politics, and he's kind of an idiot when it comes to that. And he mentioned something about this and that. I didn't get into it with him, I didn't want to. But it was like somebody like that who's just uninformed and whatever the shit, whatever shit he was saying, it's like, I was thinking, dude, you're so far from the truth or what the fuck do you think's going on? Like, it's like, I'm just like, yep. It, yep, it, yep, I don't know, maybe. Sure. Yep. It, it really does suck because you really can't give your um, your full opinion on it because then they just get so defensive and irate and angry and stuff. And not saying that people who are liberal and, you know, Democrats and stuff, that they don't raise hell and, you know, raise their voices, you know, and are loudmouths about their stuff too. It just, it seems like when you're trying to have a reasonable argument, like this... I mean, this is pretty reasonable here. It's pretty cut and dry what's going on here. It's pretty cut and dry what uh, all these athletes across the various sport platforms have been doing, have been saying, and people just refuse to listen to it. It's just, it, you can't get through to them. You just don't even want to, you want to change. I want to change people's minds, but they have to be open to it. And too many people in this country right now are closed-minded when it comes to this specific issue. I'm willing to believe every anything and change my opinion or thoughts on anything if I'm given just basic facts. All right, this is the way it is, and if it's different than what I think, then I would say, oh, maybe I'll consider changing my opinion on that. But then if you if you do it to somebody, I mean, we've seen it a lot of times. You, it's like with Trump, and there's going to be a lot of people that vote for him again, and it's. Again, like I said before, there's some sort of mental illness that somebody can lie to you, somebody can lie to you all the time, and like you just don't care or you believe that person. And it's blatantly obvious without any discussion or debates about what he says. It's easily checkable, easily fact checked. Did he what? What he said was it true? Oh, it wasn't. He either made it up or he's intentionally lying. Like that's very easily nowadays. You can check that. Mm-hmm. And once that happens as many times, like it's like the Washington Post had it last year, ten thousand lies. I'm sure it's probably close to twenty thousand at this point over the last few years. Like, like at what point do you look at that? Like a normal person would look at that and say, I mean, like some of the things that the guy does, but 
lying a lot. I, I just can't take the lying all the time. Yep. Oh, and then other people look at that and they say, no, you're, you're lying about his life. He's not lying. So I don't know, like, what mental illness right. or mental gap is that that you still believe a person who has literally told nearly 20,000 lies well, in the last four years? I don't know what that is in your brain, but it is something there, there is, uh, uh, you know, the, the Daily Show on Monday night had this segment on QAnon, which is a very yeah. scary group that is rising in numbers. Um, it's very cult-like, and they, the stuff that they believe that gets debunked, and they just refuse to accept it, and why they believe it in the first place. I mean, like, like Oprah Winfrey and. Uh, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton like are like killing children and eating their blood and stuff, or like um, uh, Tom Hanks doing that. Like, come on! Like, it's just you and me hear that and immediately think that is ridiculous and not true. I mean, they look at that like there's crazy people out there that kind of believe that. Now it's up to like groups like Facebook to like just delete that shit. Like, don't like why. I mean, Facebook and, and Twitter, there's good things, and the internet's been very useful. But I almost wish the internet wasn't around. Like, yeah. if this is the way it's going to be, yep. I like having the internet and everything that comes with it. But if it's like this, if this is what we are now because of the internet, and anybody can say anything about anything, and it can be spread like this, yep. and it's not checked, and it's not deleted... Then get rid of it. It's like a California. Just fucking get rid of it because it's, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's like a California. It's like a California wildfire. It's just, yeah. it's gotten to that point. It just sucks. But no, you're right. Uh, anything else you have on the docket before we say so long? Lucas Giolito of the White Sox uh, threw a no hitter about 20 seconds ago. So. It was a, yeah, he had, uh, what, 13 strikeouts or something like that, 13 strikeouts or so. He had uh, one walk, uh, a very good start for Lucas Giolito. Already had the Pirates, so that's not good, but the Pirates are bad. It was a no-hitter for him. Last pitch was a liner to left right into the glove. That was a well-hit ball, but it wasn't out. So Lucas Giolito with a no-hitter. So. Very good. And that was the first no-hitter. Uh was it Maeda? Maeda almost had one for the Twins last week against the Brewers until it all fell yeah. apart in the ninth. Well, I believe that's yeah, that is the first one of the season. Um, kind of touched on this before, but Roger Goodell saying he wishes uh, they had listened to Kaepernick earlier. Like, what an idiot! Uh-huh. What a goddamn moron! Uh-huh. Like four years ago, like you didn't know. Like, what, what an asshole. Yep. God, what a stupid idiot. So fuck him. He just gets worse and worse. We should have we listened to Colin Kaepernick four years ago of what he was saying. That sure as hell isn't his fault. Like, how many times have we said, this is what they are taking a knee about. They shot a guy in Milwaukee. This continues to happen. They're taking a knee because they want the police to stop shooting the black people. This is what they are kneeling about. If you didn't understand that four or five years ago, and now all of a sudden, just this year, you understand this, then you're a goddamn idiot. Mm-hmm. You're trying to save face. So there. Trying to save face. So there's, so there's that. Now that all of a sudden Black Lives Matter is 
maybe a little bit more popular than it was a few years ago. And now you want to be, hey, oh, we're going to be on this side now since maybe public opinion is changing a little bit. Now, fuck you, Roger Goodell. You're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Another, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. What else you got? Another thing, uh, apparently yesterday, the SDSU Student Senate got together. Uh, President Barry Dunn had some thoughts. He was at the meeting. He said he was very disappointed in the behavior that a few of the students uh, put everybody at risk. Apparently he drove around Saturday night and obviously saw parties and whatever college kids do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't think we're going to have college football, and that's why I don't think we're going to have in-college attendance for much longer than maybe the next month. I saw... Yeah. behavior continues, everyone's going to go home and you'll be in your parents' basements for another six months. He says, Barry Dunn says, without a hand, they're putting the health of people at risk. So we've got another chance to do something right and we are going to mess it up again. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not good. I saw an article that like various states or their universities are employing different tactics like one university i think it's central michigan is fining students or expelling them if they um if they have if they willingly and knowing like essentially just if they have a gathering with 50 plus people in it and uh like there's not social distancing you will be expelled and like that is to me very extreme but it is a necessary extreme like college kids are going to be college kids you know you're going to do stuff you're you want to enjoy the college experience but you're going to need to sacrifice some of it if you want to remain there and not go home and nowadays what is the the demographic that is getting hit the most by the coronavirus the college age students so until they really get that, um, I, I don't know. It's, it, and it's just like funny. I guess it's weird funny looking at daily updates of how many people die in this country. It's like 1,200, I think, yesterday. And then you look at the other countries and it's like eight in Germany or seven in some other country. Like, like they, they, they beat this. It's done. It's done over there. Making them come back here this winter, but in Europe and other places, like it's done. Mm-hmm. They have less than ten or twelve people a day die at this. That is manageable because they did what they were supposed to. But we're going to be dealing with this for years. Like we're six months into this, five six months into this. And there's no doubt in my mind. A year from now, we're going to be in the same spot. Maybe new president will change that. I hope so. But this, like, why can't we get down to those levels? Right. They have. We we can't do that. We're like we started the show. South Dakota is at its highest level that it has been. We're in this thing for five months, and now we are going up again at an unbelievable rate. Yep. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out why that is. With large groups gathering the last couple of weeks, and also we just overtook Hawaii for the number one state, number one spot of. However they figure it out, 
spreading the disease the most. So, like, if one person gets it, they spread it to like one point two people. Well, it's easy to see. It's easy to understand where the the spread's coming from. It's coming from Sturgis. Yes. So, I mean, that's so, yeah. that's pretty easy. So South Dakota now at number one. It spreads here more than any other, as far as from one infected person spreading it to another. It's currently uh, for what, for every infected person, that person spreads it to one point two people. So, however, they figure out we are number one in the country right now with that. And um, I sent a tweet out to the governor today. Yeah, that's something that the governor should tweet out that uh, she should take pride in that you're number one in something. Yeah, I tweeted something to the governor today, and then I've gotten 16 retweets, 81 likes, and 119 comments. Your and, yours has. Yes. And 98% of these comments are from, I'm just blocking people left and right. All of these right-wing nut jobs of just craziness. And I will say about the same thing. It's, it the it link, is ridiculous. It's the, is it, it the, is, is it the Lincoln Project one that you, that you had? No, this, no, this is the Christy Nome tweet what did you say Christy Nolan was talking something about let me get this stupid thing up because she's an idiot like everything she says is just ridiculous she said something about from Seattle to Portland to Washington to New York Democrat run cities across the country are being overrun by violent mobs mm, violence is yep. rampant looting chaos destruction murder people that can have of can, can't afford to have fled all of this shit. So yep. I just tweeted out the stats of how many people were arrested during the Sturgis rally. Like there were 1,300 citations, eight people were arrested for sex trafficking, 345 DUIs, 240 misdemeanor drug arrests, 126 felony drug arrests. So I said, clean up your own backyard first before you fucking go elsewhere and say, hey, look what's going on in Portland or Seattle or New York. Because you've got Every fucking year this happens, quarter of a million or more people come to Sturgis, a bunch of drugs and, and, and all this shit that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's just part of the thing, because you make a lot of money off the tourists, make a lot of money off the bikers, and you have hundreds of these DUIs and sex things, I mean, all of these arrests. Yeah. So, and then just people just commenting on it and calling me dumb and all this stuff, and there's all of these crazy motherfuckers where half of their accounts just look fake. Yep. It's like just crazy sons of bitches. Just mm-hmm. ridiculous. And a lot of them says, well, what about Chicago? Uh, Chicago. They always like to talk about Chicago. They, they do. And they say, no, did anybody die? Did any business get looted? Did any business get torn down? They always want to compare it to like the extremes of the protesters and the violence and the fires and all of this shit. So it's very odd to have that happen, I guess. So I've just been looking at that and just blocking anybody that is <laughs> said it, because it's, it's ridiculous. It right. really is just really ridiculous. It is. And she says a lot of stupid stuff. And she said, and uh, the, the second part of her tweet uh, after talking about all these Democratic-run cities that uh, obviously with all the protesters and whatnot. The second part of her tweet says, 
It took 244 years to build this great nation, flaws and all, and we stand to lose it in a tiny fraction of that time if we continue down the path taken by these radicals. Like, I agree with her, but we agree on different things here. I agree. And I tweeted back to her an hour ago, yes, it's taken four years, one con man and a virus to bring the nation to its knees. I know she's not, she's not talking about that, but that's what I'm talking about. I know. I, the virus, <laughs> Trump, and it's taken four years, and she's talking about all of these protests and, and shit going on in Seattle and Portland and New York and wherever else. 244 years, and we're going to you know lose the nation because of these protests. Well, she's so goddamn stupid that it's like, come on. It's ridiculous. Right. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, some, no, no doubt about things. it. Uh, do you have any update on your housing, how your housing situation? Any September news? September nineteenth, since Saturday, we're at four weeks from now or so, we're going to move in. Very good. My dad's birthday uh-huh. and anniversary. Your your dad's birthday and anniversary. Yep. That is Melissa's birthday as well. September nineteenth. Holy crap! What, what are the odds? What are the odds? Right. So that happened. She sold her house this past weekend, so we got that done quick, and she got a job. So we did all that in eight days. Thankfully, it all happened very quick, which I was thankful about. Yes. So now all that's done. Yeah. Last, so, last when when we when we moved last year, it was uh, far from eight days. Yes, yeah, so I was hoping it would go quick, but I knew there was a. Because the house we bought, for whatever reason, been on the market for a long time, like a year at least, a long time. For whatever reason, we think it's pretty good for a good price. So I, I still don't know what that reason would be, but hopefully we, we got a good price. She sold her house for what she about wanted. So maybe we got all that done very quickly. Very good. Very good. Well, I look forward to more updates here as you get closer, and then, of course, when you move in, too. It'll be a, be a good time. If you need anything, certainly reach out. I have plenty of advice I can offer. You don't have to take it, but if if you want it, it's there. <laughs> Our, yeah, we do have uh, football away for me, Mitchell and Douglas, which is a damn near four-hour drive west really? to Douglas to play a very bad football team and beat the hell out of them. So that's Friday night as football season starts. So... Like, I have not really called football since we did, what, what seven this? years ago? Was it seven years ago? Really? What, well, Central 2013? I've done... Oh, my. Games here, probably done football games, maybe a half dozen. Maybe a couple play-by-play, but I get to do them now, and, like... like I, of, all the, of all the sports, like, I like... I really like doing basketball. Yep. Really like doing baseball. Really enjoy volleyball. So, I don't enjoy football really all that much. Just so calling it. Are you are Even you calling all those sports thing here going forward? Football, volleyball, basketball, and baseball. Yes. Okay. So we're doing football, and I don't know. Maybe because you're so far away, the numbers are hard to see. There's so much nothing that goes on. Like I, I feel like I'm good at baseball. Between the pitches, I've got stuff to talk about and to do stuff with football. We'll see how it goes. It'll probably take a game or two to get the names down and everything. 
but for what maybe it'll change, but football's not like at the top of my life. If I never sure. had to do a football game, that would be fine with me. Sure. But here we are. Well, good luck with that. Uh, let me know how it goes. We'll yeah. talk about it next week. And uh, we'll see what else happens. We'll see if the football season is still continuing. Uh, we'll see if LeBron and the Lakers have gotten by the Trailblazers. They will. And uh, oh, yes. we'll, we'll see what else happens here to talk about. But uh, always appreciate talking with you, my friend. Uh, be well, and uh, good luck Friday night, and we'll chat soon. All right, we'll see you in a week or two. All right, sounds good. Travis Grins joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and efforts as always. Uh, so we covered a lot there. A lot going on here. Um, not always great. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with college football and the football season with COVID. <sighs> yeah, it's just uncertain, wonderful times. Isn't it? Great, great to be alive. Anyway, um, Sports Block Podcast can be found on podcast.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ndstacken. Uh, Facebook, Nathan Sacken. Travis Krenz is on uh, Twitter at Travis Krenz. Link posted to the blog, uh, to the podcast middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, we're going to talk college, more college football and heavy college football. We touched on it a little bit with, with Travis, but mainly it's a, we got the resident college football expert, Charlie Hildebrand, uh, to discuss uh, what's going on in the college football world and where he thinks we're at in terms of having a season or not. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com. We are continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, and it's time to talk some college football. And with that, I'd like to bring in my good friend, Charlie Hildebrand, here. Hey, Charlie, you know, I introduced Marcus. He's with the Mitchell Daily Republic. Uh, Travis works at the radio station. When I bring you on now in the future here, what is the paper that you work for again so that I can provide a, a nice PSA for everyone? The Northwest Iowa Review. The Northwest would be Iowa the best Review. One to say. Okay. I mean, if we really want to be technical, and this is me partially being a smart aleck and making it more confusing, Iowa Information's the company I work for. Okay. And they have four different newspapers. But Northwest Iowa is the one that covers every, the four counties mm-hmm. in that area. The other papers just cover a specific town only. Okay. So the Northwest Iowa Review is the biggest one with the biggest circulation. Very good. So that's the easiest one to say. All right. Northwest Iowa Review. And um, I don't mean to start us off on a bit of a downer note, but uh, this would be the unofficial beginning of the college football season with week zero this week. Uh, Marshall at the 50-year anniversary of that awful plane crash that wiped their team out. Is that... Boy, I didn't think of that. I don't know if it's 50 exactly, but yeah, it's around that long. It's uh, been a while. Because they were supposed to have a big thing about it. They had actually moved kickoff up a week with East Carolina for it. Uh, you know, That's not happening now. I know they want to do a game at, at some point here, but this would have been week zero in college football on a nor- in a normal year uh i guess normal ever since they began their whole week zero nonsense a few years back uh with that being said has it truly sunk in yet that college football right now is still on but is going to be in much much more different than we've seen in years past it's starting to sink in it still hasn't completely yet because we're not at the point where games 
should have been played and have not. And also, shout out to myself, Greg, also because I got a Nintendo Switch finally. Woohoo! And I uh, have been playing a bunch of that recently, which has helped eat up some time at home. But, but I think this weekend and certainly next weekend, I mean, this Friday is our first week of high school football at the, the newspaper. And when I wake up Saturday and there won't be anything, and I think at times, you know, in Iowa, and in South Dakota that there would be like a week of high school stuff before college football started but I think this Saturday and definitely next Saturday it's really going to be like hey Saturday it'd be like oh yeah I don't have I, I don't have football games like watch now yes especially and next weekend I, I don't want to sound like weekend. overly depressed I'm not it's not like I'm truly truly deeply like life altering changed but mm-hmm. the, the first the next two or three Saturdays you're going to be like oh man this is this sucks. Well, I'm going to keep you in my thoughts. I'll reach out to you as many of those Saturdays as I can just to keep tabs on you, make sure you're doing good. And yes, you know, like next week would be the, the real big one, you know, Labor Day weekend, and you had, would have games on Thursday nights and Friday night and Saturday night. So, I mean, it would have been a great kickoff weekend to an exciting college football season. Um, you know, we know that. COVID is not going to do that. And now, I, I mean, I just saw today, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, that uh, North Carolina State and Virginia Tech might have to postpone their uh, game by a week because of a coronavirus outbreak on the North Carolina State campus that has caused them to pause athletic um, you know, practices and stuff for a little bit. So I didn't even see that. That's news to me. Yeah, I mean, this. I, I had seen some other stuff. Like I had seen that North Carolina at Chapel Hill had, uh, you know, the Tar Heels were like basically back to online classes only because they had a huge uptick in cases. I think the other one was like Alabama that they were just like, oh hey, guess what? We have 580 new cases since we opened school. That seems like a lot. I don't know if it was that specifically. He was 500-and-something, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, and specifically with North Carolina and even Notre Dame, we've seen huge upticks in coronavirus cases. Alabama has seen a huge uptick among students as they're beginning school and stuff. Uh, you know, the, I mean, yes, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have postponed or canceled you know, their season until the spring. We'll see if that... Uh, pans out at all for him. The Mountain West, of course, has done this. I just saw now that the AAC is moving all non-football sports, uh, fall sports, to the spring. So the AAC is going to keep going with their football season. I think that means that the CAA or that Conference USA, the Sun Belt, um, the AAC or the American, the SEC, and the ACC and the Big Twelve are all playing. So it's. And there are a few FBS uh, independents that aren't, but the college football is trying their best to proceed, and it seems like a lot of roadblocks are starting to get in their way, uh, which we all kind of anticipated and why some people think that college football just doesn't have a chance of happening this year. Yeah, it turns out that uh, college kids are still going to party, even when you say, no, it's not safe, you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I mean, that's that's been, that's been the case for, I mean, I don't know how long it's been going on in higher education. I don't know if kids were binge drinking in 1920 in college, but 
certainly for like the last sixty or seventy years. What would they what would they have been drinking in eight in nineteen twenty? Would that have just been would it have been Budweiser or would, it, would shells have been around at that time? <laughs> I don't even know. History of alcoholic beverages is not my area of expertise. <laughs> I mean like I like I say this half being a smart ass, but I truly don't know. I mean for all I know they were just like, hey, guess what? Gasoline, let's see what this guy does. I mean I, I don't know what they did. You know, I saw Central Michigan, I believe, is going to fine and possibly expel students. It's Central Michigan. There are some. There are a couple of universities that are looking to expel students if they willingly, like, you're nonchalantly have a, a like a house party or a gathering with you know 50 plus people and you know the you no know, six feet of social distance and stuff just because they're putting other people's lives at risk and putting the university in danger of not being able to do on or like in-person classes and stuff so there are a lot of universities that probably you could say are taking it a little you know there are some universities that are taking a little too far other universities are really cracking down as hard as they can but in this in these covid times you almost have to be a little more harsh than you would normally yeah it's College kids are always. I I saw this. I don't remember if it was today or yesterday. Some of my dudes were starting to run together, not from normal quarantine stuff, but just because I've been busy at work. But mm-hmm. uh, I saw some. I think it was outside in a frat house, and I believe they said it was the University of Michigan specifically, or at least I'm assuming it's a frat house based off what a sign said, what the front yard looked like, and um, I guess I don't know what's what's the policy on swearing and dirty talk on the podcast i mean it's not it's it's crins has no start with an f or an ass right i mean crins has no filter so you can just say whatever you want (laughs) there was a sign i'm almost positive it was michigan it was a big 10 school if i remember right specifically because someone made a comment about how it was on twitter i saw it made out a comment about how, like, yeah, that's why you guys lose to Ohio State all the time. <laughs> I believe it was Michigan, and this large sign hanging outside of the window said, you can't eat ass with a mask on. And I was just like, A, that clever, kind of funny. But B, I think you're missing the picture here. Right. And, and you know, like college students are going to be college students. You know, it's a time for them to, you know, they're away from home chance for them to you know have some fun but also you're there to learn and, and study and i think you know there are, will have to be some sacrifices that need to be made i mean uh you know rutgers earlier in the summer i believe some football players had a party and there was a big outbreak for them earlier on i mean louisville has expelled a couple of uh, male athletes not on the football team but i think on like the volleyball team and soccer team or something for hosting a party earlier that started a coronavirus outbreak on campus. I mean, you just got to be smart and sensible with this. And, you know, as we're looking at the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC specifically, uh, there are a lot of schools that are putting attendance uh, policies in place. Alabama's only going to do, I think, like 20% or like 20,000 tops. Uh you know, Arkansas is going to do something similar. Uh, West Virginia is not going to have any fans at their home opener here in a few weeks. Uh, I mean, schools are doing everything they can, but ultimately it comes down to the citizens, the students, and I mean, really, I guess the virus itself. But um, from when we yeah, talk, the bad thing is that you can have literally ninety-nine percent of the people do things correctly. If it's 
the one wrong person at the wrong time in the wrong place that does something that I can just affect things for everybody and mm-hmm. make things spread like crazy. Yep. So, from when we talked a couple weeks ago, where is your level of certainty or optimism that the season is actually going to go off now as it is scheduled with what the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC are doing? I don't remember what I said before. I would say my confidence that those teams will play any fall football because they still don't basically start playing until the end of September, right? Right. I mean, so there are some school like there are some games that are scheduled to be going on like Labor Day weekend. Uh, this is the schedule, at least as of now, for Labor Day weekend. Let me see if I can get it here. Um, at least this is what ESPN has: Arkansas at Memphis, Houston Baptist at North Texas, Middle Tennessee at Army, Eastern Kentucky at Marshall, SMU at Texas State. uh, Louisiana Monroe at Troy and Stephen F. Austin against UTEP and then Monday night we have BYU against Navy like that's the 7 o'clock game on ESPN that's the Labor Day night game for September 5th and then you have essentially what uh, what amounts to um, on the 12th on September 12th uh, a lot of I don't know, like preseason games or like the cupcake game, shall we say, before the conference schedules really kick off uh, at the end of September. So September tw- September 5th, we're going to see some games. So Labor Day weekend, we'll see a few games here and there. Really, though, it starts on September 12th and then really, really gets going on September 26th. My guess as of right now, I'm, I'm altering based off what you said there, what I was going to say, my guess is that they're going to play the games through Labor Day, and they're still just going to be, there's all of a sudden going to be a very large uptick in the amount of positive tests, and they will postpone or outright cancel most of the games or the seasons at that point. I mean, they may end up postponing it for two or three weeks, but I don't, I, I don't think we're going to get past Labor Day weekend, and, and at least with, at the college. Mm-hmm. Level. High school level, I don't know, because you start, you start talking about it for a lot of them. They're much smaller communities where even if they do have people show up for games, you know, it's only going to be a few hundred, which, you know, you can still have problems, but certainly, you know, not the same as, you know, even at Alabama, if they said it at 20%, that's still 20,000 people. Right. So even if you're like, hey, guess what? Only half a percent of the people here have coronavirus doing quick math in my head which I'm not great at, but out of 20,000, I think that half a percent, I think, would be 1,000 people with it, and that just adds up really, really, really quick. One, if So if there were 20,000 people in there, or you had 1,000, that'd be 5%. Okay, so 250 or so would be 1%? Sure. Yeah, rough, uh, five thousand, uh, one thousand. Yeah, um, two hundred would be, two hundred. I think would be one percent. Yeah, that's still that's still a lot of people in a small, confined area, relatively speaking. I just think, I think at some point the schools are. I mean, I I don't think the coaches or anything. I mean, like the presidents and chancellors of universities are going to be well. Sorry, we're not doing this now, and it'll probably go over very much how it is in the Big Ten with parents writing letters about how much they don't like it. It'll just be mm-hmm. like, well, 
we've we've already done it, so we can't undo it now. Yeah, it's and done. I think that's going to be really interesting. I mean, you see all of this, what's going on right now, and the parents in the Big Ten, you know, they're essential. They're at odds, and Kevin Warren, uh, the new Big Ten commissioner, has done it, ultimately. It's, it was the right call. It was the right decision to cancel, probably. But everything leading up to it and everything since has just been a cluster, a disaster. And he's, to just use the, the cliche football analogy, he has fumbled this every step of the way with the way that he and the conference have handled it, especially with the parents. Yeah, it's been a real cluster. Uh, cluster, you know what, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not as a cluster as buck. fair with swearing on this Cl- stuff. It's cluster bunk. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's been it could have been handled much differently. And I, I think we talked about it, you know, before. But I think I still am surprised they didn't at least just say, "Hey, let's postpone it a little bit longer and see just how that would work." But yeah. I don't know. It's a, there's nothing they can do about it now. I mean, they canceled it. You you brought you up. Know, I, I suppose it's a it's a lesson in public Commu- in public response to things and public relations. No no doubt about it. Uh, you mentioned the high school sports portion of it, and I brought this up with you before we game we came on air. But I think I saw that Iowa's kind of seeing a bit of an uptick in cases, uh, specifically at the high school level there with sports starting up for you guys this week, where is the level of concern amongst, you know, either schools or athletic directors, the communities with how fall sports are going to go specifically within the state of Iowa? Um, I don't know specifically in all the towns where it is. I know South, if you go far enough South of us into like Sioux city, which Sioux city is about a hundred thousand people that it was really bad around the same time Sioux Falls was over the summer and it still stayed at a much higher rate than it has where I am, about an hour northeast of there. Um, I can't speak to a lot of the things you've said, but I, I've done a lot of high school previews recently for all, you know, we've got 17 different schools we cover and that's a bunch of different sports. So we've talked to a fair amount of coaches for previews and certainly I've not heard anyone say they're worried about like health and safety in terms of, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to get really sick or die or anything. But I have heard coaches say that, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to finish the season and hopefully we can stay healthy so we can still compete in things. So I can say that much. And and, and I don't want to say make it sound like all of them have said that, but there have been a few that have said that. And I know um, in terms of high school baseball and softball over the summer, that Iowa, I think, is the only state in the country that has state-sanctioned high school summer baseball. Mm-hmm. In other sports, if it's if it's high school sanctioned, it's in the spring. Um, but we didn't wrap up baseball season until July, and uh, and it started later. And there were not as much, or there wasn't as or as many positive uh, cases of it in our area as I thought there would be. Um, there was one school that had to end their season a week early. If I end their season, I mean like in four days the playoffs started and they had enough test positive that they had to quarantine so they would therefore would have to forfeit their postseason gotcha. play. And then there was another one that had to do it very, very early, like the first week of the season. 
So then they came back with like two weeks left before postseason started. And those are the only two examples I think I heard, at least in our area, of teams that had to do it. There have been other examples of like players that have tested positive, but not anyone else that tests positive or more like, I don't know exactly how this works, so take this with a grain of salt, but there's something like that if a player doesn't test positive, but like one of their, like a brother or sister or parent does, then they just automatically have to quarantine. And there have been players that have had to do it because of that, you know, not a whole team, but players here or there over the summer. Um, I have heard of a couple of players from the fall sports that will have to do that. But no, no teams as of yet. So, I mean, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think baseball and softball kind of lend themselves more to social distancing easier mm-hmm. than some sports do. Absolutely. I mean, when you have the, the pitcher, probably not the pitcher, but the, the batter, the catcher, and the umpire all there, that's three people close together. Yep. But aside from that, you don't ever really have other than if there's someone on base, that's still only two people. Sure. And, you know, it's not that often that you're on base, and usually, you know, with kids leading off and stuff, you're not within six feet of each other for very long. And it's just not that way with football. I mean, you're just always going to have people in close proximity. I think volleyball's a little bit better. I mean, it's indoors as opposed to outdoors, which is maybe problematic, but there's not as much close distance. I guess cross country there is at the start and the end of the race, but not much in between. But with football, I mean, selfishly, I hope that there aren't any problems and nobody gets sick and we can right. play the whole season. Yep. But I think it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people that would test positive, especially when teams start playing each other and traveling around in different locations. Just because there's enough. I mean, even if. You know, in high school, usually there's more kids in the box because there's fewer quarterbacks that can throw well. But even if we go, like, you know, two corners and two safeties, not within the line of scrimmage, and, you know, three receivers and stuff like that, and, you know, teams in the shotgun, just spread it out more, you still usually got at least five offensive linemen, maybe a tight end and a quarterback, along with a front center, and that are all going to be that close to each other, and... I mean, it's just the basic mathematics of it. And it's just, I think, other than, like, wrestling, I don't know any other sport that would just have this much close contact and proximity over long periods of time that football would have, at least amongst high school sports. Right. Oh, I think it doesn't matter, high school or college. Here you're going to have some issues, and, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens there. I didn't know that this was going to happen, um... I just saw it to, uh, this morning when I was at the gym. Scott Van Pelt, apparently he's moved his show to D.C. I didn't know that at all. I had heard that at some point that he was moving to D.C. Because I guess he's he's from there. And yes. He wanted to be closer. Yep. I think I heard some interview with him. Like his mom was getting old. But I, I mean, I don't think she's like knocking on death's door at this moment. But she was getting older and he wanted to spend time with family and stuff like that well if he gets if she gets COVID he has and he moved the show to Washington D.C. right well I mean that's where PTI is filmed at so I mean ESPN does have some studios there but I saw this one big thing Tuesday morning and it was on North Dakota State and Trey Lance Uh, and I mean Trey Lance is considered the third best quarterback in next year's NFL draft like that's that's insane to me that a guy 
One year, granted, he didn't have any interceptions. He had 28 touchdown passes, 14 rushing touchdowns. Um, but that he's with that one year that he is going to be considered the uh, potentially like the third best quarterback in the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, and I'm conflicted about this because he's from Marshall, and so. I mean, oh, ouch. That's a, yeah, that's a strange double-edged sword for you. It, it is. Like, it, it's cool that he's from Marshall and going to get uh, get drafted that high. I don't know if he deserves to be drafted that high, but the fact that he plays for the Bison, it's like, ugh. I, but I'd much rather cheer for him, I suppose, than Carson Wentz. But why I bring that up is that North Dakota State is going to do a game October 3rd against Central Arkansas. And it is... Like it's part of a three-game series or what that they're doing, and I think they're playing the game uh, down there in Conway. I think it's Conway, Arkansas. That's where Central Arkansas is located. Either way, I think it's down in Arkansas. Don't don't take that to the bank. But it's just a it's one game for the Bison this year, and it's essentially a chance to showcase Lance's talents and really, I guess, help his pro prospects or whatever. Hard to do that against a Central Arkansas. But I saw someone ask this on Twitter then to uh, Matt Zimmer, the Argus leader, if SDSU would schedule one or two games this fall. He's, and Matt said, nope. This seems like a bit of an anomaly I, and a bit of an outlier. And I don't know if it's because North Dakota State you know, is the so dominant at the FCS level that they can do pretty much whatever they want and people won't bat an eye. But they're doing one game here. So you're going to practice for one game it's it just seems a little peculiar to me that they would do that, uh, but I guess it's fine. But then why wouldn't you try and find other schools to play and do a season? I, what I don't know really what to make. This, I don't really I'm know what honest, to make of it. It seems dumb as hell to me. Okay, just play one game. All right, I I don't know how to take this. I don't know which way I should be leaning towards. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's fine. At least they get is, to play and showcase talent. One thing, is it truly, like, part of their big selling on it is to have this guy, like, showcase his talent for scouts? I would... Because if that's the case, one game is, is so incredibly worthless. Well, and it's against I mean, Central Arkansas. Of like, hey, guess what? We're going to evaluate this basketball player on the next three possessions, and that's all that matters. And it's against it's just too small of a sample size. Exactly, it's against Central Arkansas too. Like if you wanted to do this, say against like Texas A and M or Vanderbilt or you know a, a bit like Iowa, Iowa State, go for it. Like do that. That's fine. Central Arkansas. I mean, it's a, it's just a glorified exhibition game for you, you to. And again, I don't know. I, I didn't hear what Scott Van Pelt said. I believe the video is up on Twitter now, so I can certainly watch it. But I mean, he Trey Lance was the focal point of that and showing how like he is the the third best prospect in next year's quarterback class. So just the the mere fact that they are you know was it because they did all this practicing and they want to get at least one game in for the fall. I don't know. I, I don't. I truly don't know how I feel about this. Like, it's great that they're doing it, but also it's like, what the hell are you doing? It seems really weird to me from a North Dakota State standpoint. I mean, if you're a regular person who just wants to watch football, wants to be on TV. I mean, I'm not saying like you can't watch it or anything. Like, I get why a regular person might be like, oh, hey, this is something I can watch on TV. But I don't know. It seems weird to come back for just one 
game and nothing else. I mean, it would be, I'm not an expert on like plays and Broadway plays and stuff like that in like theater. But could you imagine if they were just like, hey, we're going to spend all this money, we're going to be on Broadway for this huge play, and we're literally just going to do it one time, and that's it, and we're never, never going to do it again. And it would be if they were practicing leading up to it, and then took like a three-month break, and then started up again, and people were like, I don't know if we really want to go see this play, and we're like, well, we're just going to do it anyway, you know, and like, it doesn't even have to be on Broadway. Like, maybe they move the Broadway play to, I don't know, uh... South Bend, Indiana, or like Tupelo, Mississippi, or something like that. That would be the. It, it's kind of something it's like that. Play, but we're going to play in Indianapolis. Exactly. So, I, I guess I don't know what to make of this. I don't know if other teams are going to follow suit. Like it's weird. Missouri State, I think, is playing Oklahoma State or Texas. Let me see. And I mean, that's a Missouri Valley school, but that was already kind of you know predetermined. So, like. From that now, stand- we should also say that I mean, if it goes the way I think it might go with other schools, I don't think they're going to play. If literally you start saying the SEC and the Big Twelve and all these other conferences cancel games, mm-hmm. I don't think that they will. Then. The Missouri State but, game against Oklahoma is September twelfth. So I mean, Missouri State doesn't have anything to, to play for this season. Of course, Missouri Valley is canceled, but yet I mean, that's a significant payday for Missouri State. Well, yeah, I was going to say, that's the big difference. If you're Missouri State, you're at least getting paid for it. Right, and so, and you're getting your one chance to shine on the what essentially will be a national you know, stage. Maybe there is someone, you know, a scout that says, you know what, this Missouri State linebacker here might have something, you know, the way he was able to. I mean, I don't. Then, though, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I think that that is, that would be more beneficial to a Missouri State guy. Than exactly. A then, North Dakota State guy playing Central Arkansas. Exactly. But even then, I don't think one game's going to do that much unless all of a sudden, unless somebody has, you know, a Joe Burrow throwing for 600 yards and eight touchdowns. Right. I'm just, just saying. Like, it's, it's so over the top impressive. But. I'm I just mean, saying. Let's stick with college specifically. I know I can think of plenty of examples at Nebraska. I'm sure you can think of examples with the Minnesota Gophers and Virginia Tech Mm -hmm. of guys who just randomly had one really big good game and then didn't really ever do anything else or were just okay the rest of their careers. And I think that's what a lot of people just look at it that like that. It would be like, well, yeah, you played well, but that was the only game you played. So, Yeah, and again, like from from Missouri State's standpoint, they as a team have a whole lot more to play for because you're playing the fifth ranked team in the country. It's going to be a big payday for you. I mean, that's more for the athletic, uh, you know, budget and everything. So the players aren't going to see any of that. But Missouri State's got that chance to go against the really big talent. North Dakota State's playing Central Arkansas. I mean, that's it's just. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I don't, I mean, we'll see if they even get to that point in the college football season, if that is something that they'll be able to do. But to me, I mean, it, it's... Do we know why they picked Central Arkansas? I, I don't I know. I mean, if it's a game that you're going to win handily, I don't understand why they're not just, like, playing some Division two team that uh, they are like, yeah, we're still going to play at home at our place, and... So we don't have to have travel expenses. Yeah, let me let me get. Uh, I, I I don't know, but I feel confident that Central Arkansas is not paying North Dakota State to play there. Could be wrong, but I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption. Yeah, it. I mean, it's 
again, a chance to... It's part of like a three-game series over the span of a few years. Um, let's see. The Bison will host Central Arkansas. So, um, it's Central Arkansas says is one of five Southland Conference teams playing a partial or full fall schedule. Central Arkansas is set to face three FBS opponents, Arkansas State, UAB, and Louisiana, and play a home-and-home series against Eastern Kentucky and Missouri State. So they're going to have a modified season. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be in Fargo, and... The practice part of a three-game series between the schools. That also includes meetings in 2023 and 2025. Uh, Matt Larson, the athletic director, says due to the, said due to the challenge completing a full non-conference schedule, we took a pause to consider all our options for this fall, knowing full well it could mean that not not having the opportunity to play. Upon further consideration, coupled with recent information provided by the NCAA, we felt it was in the best interest of our football program to practice and play one game this fall. All right, that's that's the from Matt Larson, the athletic director. That's, that's the made up athletic director speak. Where we're going to talk for eight paragraphs without saying anything. Yep. Yep. You know the bright side of all this is, Zach. In what's that? We're not going to have to see North Dakota State win the twenty twenty national finals. Well, I know that that is so true. That is so true. That is the one silver lining to COVID is that uh, North Dakota State will not win the the. Um, FCS championship, at least in the fall. I mean, they'll win it in the spring if they proceed with playing a spring season, in all likelihood, because um, who's going to take them down? But you're right. I mean, at least for now, North Dakota State's not going to be the national champions this year. Got to look at the upside sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked about the Big Ten. Again, the outbreaks at schools like North Carolina and Notre Dame. Otherwise, there hasn't been, I guess, a whole lot else that's really gone on, at least that I, I mean, could think they released the top 25 today for college football. How stu- I, I don't know why they did, because they ranked so like Big Ten and Pac-12 teams. How stupid. They're not playing, which seems dumb. All, all American teams I'm okay with, because they were saying these were the guys that we were looking at to have this big season this year. So I, I can understand the preseason all-American standpoint, from the players and stuff, but if you're going to release the twenty, the top twenty-five going into the season, why? Like, it's just rubbing salt in the wound for Ohio not, State. It, it just it creates more than anything it creates issues, though. Of just like, oh well, Ohio State is. I don't remember what they were. They were in the top five. Two. They're two. Like I think. how many? How many games do they not have to play until you're going to start moving them down? I mean, because there's going to be some. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Some team that's like seven and two, and it's like, well, they're Ohio State's ranked out of them. It's like, well, yeah, they're better, but they're not playing in twenty twenty. So, what's what's the point of this? Right. Yeah. Clemson is number one. Ohio State two. Alabama three. Georgia four. Oklahoma five. LSU six. Penn State seven. Florida eight. You said let's go Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a great example because they're in the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve's not been as good recently. Oklahoma's dominated it. Has been great. Has made the playoffs. Not done what they wanted to do in the playoffs. How many games does Oklahoma have to win by how many points until they pass Ohio State? Because on paper, based off how things have gone recently, and especially with how uh, I know a few years ago they played at Norman and Ohio State slaughtered them. Um, it plays much better defense generally than Oklahoma does. So I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb that at least based off paper. Go, going into the year, 
I'm assuming you and I both think Ohio State would beat Oklahoma at a neutral site game. Right? Yes, yes. So what does Oklahoma have to do to pass Ohio State in the rankings? Because there's literally nothing that's going to change about Ohio State between now and the end of the season. I d- so I, like, it creates this weird issue where what do they have to do? It's a I great. Mean, if, they, if they beat someone by forty, it's like, well, great, but you were behind them in the first place, and literally nothing's going to change ever. It's a great question because just looking at this right now here, I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight schools. I think in the top twenty-five that aren't playing this year. Um, I mean, and. I saw this tweet, I think, from Brett. a lot. I would have guessed it was like four that aren't playing this year. I don't know why that was the number I thought it would be. Yeah. Here, eight, you're talking about a third of them aren't playing. Right. Here are the schools in the top 25 that aren't playing this year. Ohio State, they are the second-ranked team. Uh, Penn State, seventh. Oregon, ninth. Wisconsin, twelfth. Michigan, 16. USC, 17. Minnesota, 19. Uh, Utah, 22. Two and Iowa twenty four. I've got to be thankful senior Gophers in the preseason. I know, I know, and like Rashad Bateman's a second. Rashad Bateman's a second team All American at wide receiver. I mean, it just sucks. I mean, this really does just suck. As soon as Minnesota gets good, then we have to have this shit go down. And I, I, I just, I don't know. This, this whole thing is bothersome. And Brett McMurphy. Uh, who now works at Stadium, used to be at ESPN. I think he tweeted out a few weeks back that, or a couple weeks back after the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceled, like there's only 77 eligible schools for bowl games, and there are still 80 slots for bowl games because they have 40 bowl games still planned to be played. Nice. Some teams are going to get to play twice. Well, I mean, it, I like that. It, like professional wrestling, it's a rematch clause. I mean, it's like, yeah, you beat us, you beat us on December eighteenth. Well, but like, guess what, buddy? We're playing again on December 28th. Well, think about like the Quick Lane Bowl. I mean, the, the Big Ten always has a guaranteed team in there. Well, they aren't going to this year. I mean, uh, or you know, whether that be like the uh, that just seems cruel in twenty twenty. If if. If things go well enough and they can still do all that stuff and have bowl games, you're going to punish some team by going to – they're forced to go to Detroit in December. The only, that just seems spirited The only bowl game that I know has for sure been canceled is the Red Box Bowl, uh, which was uh, which is in Santa Clara uh, at the 49er Stadium. So that's the only college bowl game that I know that for sure has been canceled. Being spirited that they're not canceling the cold weather games first. Well, you would think so, but then I mean, who wants? To, I yeah, I. It's just it's crazy. I don't know what's going on. Uh, oh no! What are we going to do without the quick lane bowl? Oh. I wanted to watch seven and five Indiana play six and six Boston College. What would we do without that? Twenty twenty. Why won't you stop taking away our best things? Oh no! The Nova Homes Arizona Bowl game is gone. Or the which look, I didn't care about that game, but again, at least Arizona's a place in December. You'd be like, oh yeah, that'd be fun to go somewhere where it's warmer, at least during the day. And maybe they're gonna just look at where like COVID is hit, uh, or like where it's high, and maybe it'll be high everywhere by the time you know December rolls around. But maybe they're gonna wait, and wherever the bowl games are safe to be played at, or safer anyway, 
whether that be warm or cold, they're going to send him there. So whether that be Detroit, whether that be the pinstripe bowl at Yankee Stadium, or uh, um, wasn't Fenway going to host a bowl game at some point, I think. Uh, the only guaranteed bowl game I think that we can count on for sure is the Popeye's Bahamas Bowl. Yeah. This is the only bowl. That bowl should, other than the Rose Bowl, it's not the Rose Bowl for the national title game. It should be the Popeye's Bahamas Bowl. I will say this: I think the the good news with the Rose Bowl this year is that it was going to be a, it was going to be a playoff matchup, uh, so it wouldn't have pitted the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 necessarily anyway to begin with. So that's a good part. Yeah, even though Nebraska's in the Big Ten, I never got the whole... I don't have the same feeling that a lot of Big Ten back to people feel about the Rose Bowls. should only be those two teams. It doesn't bother me when it's somebody else. Sure. I'm just saying, like, from the... From someone's perspective, like, oh, you know, it, the Rose Bowl doesn't mean anything because you have Texas playing, I don't know... Uh, LSU or something, something like that, uh, a matchup like that in uh, the, it's just, an, it's a non-traditional Rose Bowl game. While, yes, whatever game we're going to get in the Rose Bowl this year is going to be non-traditional, it's at least a playoff game. So, there's that at least. Uh, if anything changes here over the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll certainly have you back. Uh, if not, we'll maybe do uh, in September, uh around September 12th or maybe September 26th if the season progresses that far we'll do a we'll do a yeah, season I mean, preview we might actually have games to talk about too which if I hope we do yeah I mean we'll I have mean, a I would love to talk about college football actual results and be like man that guy sure looked good didn't he yeah as opposed to well I don't know maybe they'll play maybe they won't play we'll have a season preview at some point in September if things uh, if the college football season continues to go on as as it is scheduled to right now Today would have uh, this week would have probably been our first first or second week previewing the season. Like that this would have been the season preview this week. Well, real quick, I'm gonna do the Big Ten and the Pac twelve preview. Okay. So everybody's gonna tie and nobody's gonna play this year. So we've knocked out two of them already. There. Let's say that they had played. So let give me your big your hypothetical Big Ten championship game. What would it be what would it have been and who would be uh, who would have won? I don't specifically remember all the lineups and what who brought back just because I've not been looking at that stuff over the summer in ways I normally would. Um, I, I feel confident Ohio State would be there from the East still. And as much as I hate to say it, I probably still think Wisconsin from the West, which it seems like that's been the Big 12 title game like the last five years in a row, even though I know that's not true. Yeah, Northwestern got in there at one one point a couple years back. Northwestern got in there. There was one year it was Penn State and Wisconsin, and I think in 2015 it was Michigan State and Iowa, Mm -hmm. which was nice that it was at least completely different. But So like I said, I know since 2015 it's not been Ohio State and Wisconsin every year, but it seems like it has. Agreed. Um, And at Pac-12, I mean, I definitely take Oregon. Yeah, you know, I, I would say Oregon and Utah, which I think was the Pac-12 title game this past year. It was, which I, I'm not sure because even though that was less than a year ago, stacking the 2012 or the 2019 Pac-12 title game seems like it was six and a half years ago. It does. Everything from last year seems like it was, it was five or six years ago. 
I will say that I'll take Ohio State against Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship with Ohio State winning, advancing as a college football playoff team. And in the Pac-12, I will have Air, uh, I will have Oregon against uh, Herm Edwards, Arizona State Sun Devils, Jaden nice. Daniels at quarterback. I like it. I like it. I like that pick. I should also say these were my quick off the top of my head picks. I think you and I share this similar thing when we do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But you get bored picking the same all the time. So like, you know what? I'm gonna get a little cute with this one right here. So I don't know what it would have been, but I don't I you know, at least with one of those two conferences I would have done something like that where I would have been like I I just want to pick something different. Hey, that Jaden Daniels is something else, and Herm Edwards has Arizona State headed the right direction uh, for ever allowed to play college football again. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but I, nobody, I think, well, I should say nobody, but I think most people thought that it would not work out well for him at Arizona State. And it turns out it's generally been pretty good so far. So far. It's only been a short time frame, but it has been good so far. Like I said, Charlie, I'll bring you on whenever we, whenever there's more college football news. But great talking with you, my friend. And uh, stay safe, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Talk to you later. Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review. Kind enough to join us here on the Sports Block Podcast. And always appreciate talking with Charlie. It's great time. And, yeah, uh, right now there's still college football. But for how long, we'll see. And whenever there's news, whether that be next week when you know the official start of the college football season should be there, it would be week zero this week. Marshall would be playing uh, on the anniversary of that tragic plane accident. I think it was like 50 years ago. Uh, it just sucks. Uh, we'll talk with Marcus this week. We'll talk with him next week. Talk more hockey because uh, at this point, Point next week, we'll, we'll, we should have the, the semifinals or the, the conference finals with four teams remaining. So that'll be interesting to see right now uh, as it stands. The New York Islanders look good. They took down Philadelphia. Uh, they're up one nothing in that series. The Dallas Stars, what happened? Like, they were tough series with the Flames. They were down 3 nothing early on in Game 6 against the Flames. They rattled off seven straight goals, and they've just been taking it to the Avalanche. The Avalanche, my team to win the Stanley Cup this uh, this year with Nathan McKinnon and all the the, the, the great players, uh, Makar and stuff that they have, uh, they are getting trounced right now. The Stars, I don't know what happened. I don't know what switch flipped. Tyler Sagan did something, but they're looking good. Bruins and Lightning, this is arguably the best series remaining because you have the two best teams in the East, Boston and Tampa Bay, and we'll see what happens there. Boston's currently leading that series one to nothing. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, they are in pro- uh, they are playing game two as we speak, or as I speak right now. And the Canucks and the Golden Knights in the West, uh, Vegas leads that series one nothing. That'll, of course, obviously change. But some good hockey going on right there. They're doing great stuff in the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. Toronto, or the NHL, pulled off a fourth consecutive week with no positive tests. So the bubble is working. And there's even maybe a hint that they might be doing it to start the season. A couple of hub cities. Uh, We'll see if that happens or not. But... uh, Deputy Commissioner John Daly kind of hinted at that, that maybe that was a possibility for the league. But we'll see where it where it 
that stands going forward, and we'll talk with Marcus about that and much more next week. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stay safe out there. Just be safe with the masks and uh, wear your mask. And um, crazy world we live in. So, um, of course, every you know the Democratic convention going on last week, Republican National Convention going this uh, happening this week, virtual. Uh, of course, the, the terrible scene there in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Jacob Blake, the black man, got shot seven times in the back by police. The circumstances of this whole thing can remain unclear or fuzzy. It's it's not a good situation overall. Not a good situation for the police to be in. Not a good situation for uh, Mr. Blake to be in. But he is, uh, as of this moment, uh, I believe, paralyzed. But he is alive, which is good. But um, it's it's just a terrible scene. I mean, we. we Kudos to the Packers, to the Bucks, to the Brewers for releasing their statements, making a stand. Um, plenty of people are going to be pissed off when NFL players kneel. They're like, "I'm not going to watch football." Blah blah blah. Y- y'all, are, you completely missed the point, and you just aren't listening. Like you're you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution when you refuse to listen to what these athletes. And these organizations are trying to do. They have a platform, and they're trying to raise awareness for this, that this isn't right, that something needs to change. You need to start listening. And if you aren't, you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. Um, Unless you use other actions and stuff to steam it. But, I mean, this is... It's just going... It's just ridiculous, and it's it sucks. 2020 needs to be done, and it needs to be over right now. Um, but our nation needs healing, man. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. We need to come together, and I don't know if that's going to happen. Certainly not until after the election, and even then that's unlikely to do anything to change what's going on in this country. Uh, but we'll continue to talk sports as they happen. Uh NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL starting up here soon. We'll see if college football can as well. Uh, so we'll talk about it all next week. Marcus will be on. We'll see if we talk with Charlie. But for Charlie and Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Be safe. Enjoy the weekend. I'll let you know how the fantasy draft goes next week if I remember. Because I have a fantasy draft on Friday. Keeper like I ain't keeping shit. Uh, you know, David Johnson, no. Adam Thielen, no. Robert Woods, uh-uh. Drafting all new. Clean slate for this year of maybe NFL football. We'll talk to you next week on the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe. Wear a mask.